0: welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at CopyChief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome back to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kev Rogers here. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, We're going to make great use of your time. We're going to talk with Allison Carpio about A-B split testing, and uh, we're going to talk to you and teach it through a really colorful topic, one of my favorite movies, uh, Rocky. And we're going to basically give you three split testing lessons that we can learn from Rocky Balboa. So, Allison, thanks for being back.
1: Hey, thanks. It's great to be back here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I love your new. You just wrote up this great report uh, using Rocky. Is it's really the perfect analogy for A B split test? I wouldn't have thought that, but through your lens, it just really it's perfect.
1: Yeah, and if you watch the Rocky movies, uh, they're on Amazon Prime right now. You'll start to realize, wow, Rocky knows a lot about split testing.
0: <laughs> cool. So, what are the uh, what are the, some of those things?
1: Okay. So the first lesson that we'll learn from Rocky is that everyone loses. So in the first movie, uh, Rocky lost to Creed. And um, even though he trained really hard, um, he was still just an average Joe and he was the underdog. And he'll go on into the rest of the movies to beat Creed. And uh, Ivan Drago and a uh, clubber who was played by Mr. T. Yeah. Totally. And in real life, we know that Ronda Rousey got annihilated by Amanda Nunes oh, last right, week right. in 40 something seconds. Right. Yeah. So that, that happens in real life too.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and uh, God, you know, are you, yeah, a R- are you a Rousey fan by the way? was that?
1: uh, I just happened to see it because my friend is a really big fan mm-hmm. and, I mean, I had known her history. I mean, she she knows how to um, to knock out an opponent really Quickly, fast. and that was always her so, thing.
0: Yeah, it was like under a minute many times, and it's just bizarre to see the the, the, the script get flipped it like that.
1: Yeah, what a big upset, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with split testing. I mean, no matter how good you are, no matter how strong your copy is, everyone loses, and it's part of the game. And um, if if you're so afraid of losing a test that you're not testing at all, uh, it's kind of like you're missing a lot of opportunity. And uh, the thing about uh, failed split tests is that if you do it right, you're one step closer to a really big win. So each te- failed test is a learning that puts you in the right direction. Um, for example, uh, we ran a test. Uh, one of my clients uh his product was uh, tailored to business owners, and um, that's who the messaging and the copy was for. That was a major fail. <laughs> mm. So uh, we, we did some digging and we found out that the people who were purchasing this product were actually designers and people who train in a corporate setting. So if we hadn't failed, um, it's like we took that failure and turned it into a really big win very quickly.
0: Yeah. Now that's cool. That's an important thing. It's like know your audience. And so when you get a test result back and you're like, okay, whoa, like this is a major fail. How do you determine that you just had the wrong audience altogether?
1: Well, it, it's, it's a, it, it all depends. So the way that I extract a learning is I usually refer back to so what uh, the, the test hypothesis, which we talked about in um, our first podcast together. Mm-hmm. So, so usually that is where we extract a learning. Um, also, just through the research, you have a lot of different um, assumptions that you want to validate through the test. And that's an easy way to extract a learning. Um, for here, uh, I interviewed a lot of people. Um, and that's how I found out that a lot of them weren't actually business owners.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, now is that something you would normally do before a test uh, to, you know, make sure that you're talking to the right audience? Or
1: absolutely. Well, if that's what the test is about, then and you don't know who that is, right? Then yes, that's something you would do ahead of time. Um, in this, uh, we we thought we already knew who that person was, and we just needed to change the lead and change um, some of the benefits that we were. That we were emphasizing, so that's why it went that way.
0: Interesting. So, was it like you had tried a few different things to reach your supposed audience, and it just wasn't working? Uh, and that's what led you to, you know, go like, we got to find out who we're talking to here.
1: Well, it was also like in our hypothesis, we had estimated that we would get um, X amount of sales, and it was about half of that. So, uh, that's how we kind of knew that there was a mismatch in our list and, um, what the copy was. So when, when we have a failure like this, uh, we always want to find out why, mm-hmm. and if we don't already have a strong case for knowing why, that's when we dig more into who the list is or what the offer is or anything like that.
0: Right. And by the way, the original episode, episode number 27, you can find it on copychief.com forward slash, uh, CCR. And just search uh, either number 27 or search for Allison Carpio, and you'll find uh, that episode. Um, Cool. All right. So uh, how else is split testing like Rocky Balboa?
1: Yeah. So the second lesson that we learned from Rocky is that the control stands until it is defeated. So in boxing, the champion will always be the champion until the challenger defeats defeats them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I say this because there are so many times where if you're writing your own copy or you have a copywriter, a lot of times you'll fall in love with your new sales page or your new sales email. And it's so easy to just be proud of it. And especially if you poured a lot of resources into it. But unless it, unless it knocks out the control or it just outperforms with significance, then uh, don't launch it at all. And Brian Kurtz said it best. He says, the control is your worst enemy. So the moment you establish a control is also the moment you'll find ways to keep beating it. So so when we launch a sales page, our time isn't necessarily done. So we want to find more ways to to improve our sales um, and and, fit, and ways to beat the control with significance and making sure that our, our results aren't illusory.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So what what are some um what are some ways that we could test that
1: yeah so i I have an example of of a losing test actually Mm -hmm. kind of building off the first lesson that everyone runs a failed test so uh let's talk about the failures so uh Mm -hmm. the control for this product and to give a little bit of background on this product um it's if we're talking about how much of a pain this uh this uh this, this product is solving for the audience, mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a supplement than it is a painkiller. Okay. Um, it didn't turn someone's world upside down. So for the control, right now it's just hammering home the benefits in the opening, in the lead-in, um, and it, it's just telling you like what it is that it's going to do for you. Now, we thought that since it is more of a supplement type of product, why not use curiosity? Um, Since it's not something that's really at the top of their mind and something that's um, causing them to be ill or uh, go through so much pain, uh, let's lead with curiosity and uh, give it some proof of some really famous person who, um, it was his or her secret to uh, doing X, Y, and Z. So we tested it out, and it turns out that the benefits opening outperformed curiosity by something like 149% uh, 99 cents significance. So even though we were really, uh, really sure that the curiosity was going to outperform and even though we liked it, we, we didn't, we didn't launch it because it didn't, it didn't outperform.
0: Interesting. And what do you, what do you hypothesize about the results of that, uh, (laughs) of that test? Curiosity was just in that market, It's a competitive market, 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 market. My hypothesis would be that people don't have time to be teased. They just want to know, how is this better than all the other promises I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, so my hypothesis for this uh, is that it... And you're very right. Um, for this particular product, it's it's really the benefits that they're going to be sold on. And they need to know that right up front, um, especially if it's not something that they're thinking about right away. Um, and this is one of those things where uh, the learning here is always going to be different for for your product, for your audience, and so forth. So that's that's why I like testing things like these because the the learning and the results are very unique and situational to the offer, to the list, and and all of that.
0: Right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. um Cool. What is the third third lesson that uh, Rocky Rocky tells us about uh, testing? <laughs> Yo Adrian. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. We did it. We got the control. <laughs> You're really good at that.
1: <laughs> All right. So the very last uh, lesson we'll cover today is that winning does not happen by accident. So Rocky was the underdog and he was, he was just an average Joe, but he didn't sit on the couch and just show up to the, the match. He knew he had to step up his game and Uh, if he was going to face the defending champ like Apollo, he really needed to train hard. He hired Mick, his trainer, and you see the montage of him running through Philadelphia Mm. and squatting with logs on his back, you know, really crazy things like that. Um, And Apollo thought that he would knock out Rocky in two rounds, but Rocky, in fact, with the distance. So the same thing is very true for split testing. Um, The more evidence you have, the, the stronger your hypothesis, the stronger your copy, the higher chances um, are of winning. And random ideas don't just come to you and end up as winners, They're, they don't come out of thin air. And a very classic example of this that I've seen myself, that I've tested, um, that other people have shared results with me, is the classic HTML versus plain text email. Now, um, this one's really common, and, uh, and Ben Settle, in email player, is always says test it out um, and see what works for you. But here's the truth that I've found when, uh, when I've tested this myself and looking at other people's results. If you're doing it right, meaning you're keeping the copy the exact same, and you're just changing the design, like one has your branding and one is a plain text email, it doesn't impact sales. It, it won't move the needle. Hmm. The main reason why you would test this if you wanted to do it is, is if you wanted to do a redesign and you wanted to make it branded and you're only testing to make sure it doesn't hurt your sales, that it doesn't break anything, not to see that it, it, will, it will increase your sales.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting. So, so is there a uh, value in doing a straight up HTML designed email template versus plain without changing the copy.
1: Yeah, it, it's all really a personal preference. I mean, if you're if you're already set on uh, branding your email and you're and you already have the resources to design that email mm-hmm. and build it out each and every time, then you're only testing to make sure that it doesn't um, that it doesn't hurt your sales because right. it, it, it very well, well could, but but you don't know if you don't test.
0: Yeah, I but. Wish... It's, it's almost like the Trojan horse thing. It's like we, we, we want to slip in undetected and we want it to feel personal. We want it to be engaged with the same way we engage with actual communication, right? We're using conversational language, but there's, I'm sure, other times when you want to do some formatting. For instance, in Copy Chief, when we send out our weekly roundup, that is, uh, we use this, uh, uh, you know, low... Uh, design template but it is a template right and it signifies to people like oh this this message uh, has a purpose and it's about part of my membership it's not just a casual message from Kev
1: right exactly but when you're doing any um, events or offers that's when you do the plain text right
0: right exactly right because it's like hey I I want them to feel like, oh, it wants to feel as personal as possible, right? It's like, what are these things where people, they know it's not written directly to them and it's not like you're trying to trick them with some BS subject line that says, you know, re-colon that thing we talked about, (laughs) you know, where people are like, you jerk, you know, I I get this. (laughs) I know your tricks, Rogers. Um, But uh, if you have suddenly, like, you know, for the most part, at least in our industry, When when I get an email that looks like it's super templated and there's a bunch of graphics, unless I really love hearing from this person, I I, I'm turned off. I I can it's it's like the Gary Halbert A B um uh pile thing, right where. If the envelope is made to look like a, a, a corporate, there's a lot of branding on it. You go, okay, I can, I can not, I can totally ignore this, and I'm not losing anything unless I know I want that store's coupon or something, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And um, a lot of times, people will. We'll run this test and be like, oh, there's no significance. Should I just, you know, throw more people into the test to try to reach significance? And what I say is just to move on to the next text, test and um, find that big win because it isn't there. And yeah. in your case, um, you already know what the use cases are for using each different kind of email, right? So it's like if you really wanted to, you can test it. but and And normally I say to test most things if you can, mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't always make sense.
0: Hmm. Now, you got me kind of thinking it would be it might be fun to brand the emails. I might, I, might, I might test more HTML on just like, you know, really differentiating between because sometimes I just wake up and have a personal idea to share with the list and there's no call to action, really. Um, and so that I would always use plain. But when we send out a blog post announcement or something like that, it, it might be we might be better off using more HTML.
1: Yeah. And one thing to always look out for for those is, of course, deliverability, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times uh, branded emails have these heavy images and and sometimes that ends up in spam. Mm -hmm. So uh, rather than testing for sales, which is what we normally do, just take a look at how many people or how many of those emails are delivered versus not.
0: So plain text is probably always going to get better deliverability than HTML.
1: Most of the time, yes. Uh, from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, of course that all depends on how warm your list is, how relevant you are to that, um, to that market, meaning they're opening and they're engaging with their lists, but generally speaking, yes. yeah,
0: you could get them maybe to whitelist you, those, those sorts of things. Then, then you can, uh, kind of have a green light to have fun with images and stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Very cool. I love, love this theme. We got Rocky, we got He's a killing machine, Rocky you gotta test rock or you're not gonna win okay
1: you're gonna eat thunder and crap lightning and crap lightning.
0: <laughs> well, i love the thought of you sitting there uh watching rocky in your pajamas with your notebook out just geeking out on a b split testing like you like you love to do i love it <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <Great stuff. laughs> that's exactly
1: what happened too. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right Allison, where can I send people so they can get this awesome full report? By the way, this is just like a little hint at all the cool stuff in Alice's uh uh new guide, the Rocky Balboa guide to AB testing for direct response marketers. Where do we go get this report?
1: It's at allisoncarpio.com that's a l l i s o n C-A-R-P-I-O.com.
0: Awesome. And we will link that in the show notes at copychief.com forward slash CCR. Thanks so much for being here. I look forward to doing it again soon.
1: Thanks so much, Kevin.
0: bye Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to CopyChief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. CopyChief.com.